Roman Reigns, is, I've only met him like once or twice, I think, and he's a lot bigger than I thought he was. So I'm, I'm <laughs> trying to find, we gotta, we gotta find a bigger cologne, yeah, and then <laughs> it should be all right. Welcome, welcome, welcome to After the Bell. I am still Corey Graves. He remains the yin to my yang for this week, at least. Once again, Vic Joseph. Vic, what's the word, my friend? The word is bird. I was hoping, I was praying, I had a little more faith in you to deliver something better than that. So I'm going to take the reins back from you, set the table, as we say in the radio business, uh, for what's to come, jam-packed ATB. We're going to talk all about Edge and his tour of all the WWE brands, Raw, SmackDown, NXT. Still waiting on some big answers. And of course, we've got our special guest this week. Awesome interview with Carlito. I'm taking full credit. I am putting forth in my mind what could be the most epic rivalry in WWE history. Putting it on the universe. Carlito responds. And uh, Vic, with the hard-hitting journalism, asked him the important questions, like what he does to take care of his hair. Hmm. Speaking of hair, for. Vic, your, your, your widow, widow's peak looks really strong today. I got a strong widow's peak game. Don't you like it? You should do a widow's peak. You have a widow's peak. No, I don't have it. I mean, I do, but not. In yeah, any. you should show it off a little bit more. I think you should grow your hair back out a la Corey Graves 15 years ago. I think that's the worst idea you've had definitely today, maybe ever. Um, before we get into the business of all things WWE here on the greatest idea. sports entertainment podcast ever, uh, I want to gloat a little bit because last week on this here show, I told you who was going to win the Super Bowl. And uh, guess what? Surprise, I was right again. You told me the Steelers were going to beat the Browns too in the playoffs and eh, you were wrong. So what are you talking about? I was wearing my creamsicle. You did not jersey. wear your creamsicle jersey watching the Super Bowl. You want to bet? I have a photo of it. Walden you know sent me the photo. photo of it? King Corbin, because he oh. was rooting for the Chiefs. Big E, Buccaneers guy. We had a nice little conversation. Uh, we, we, we waxed reminiscent about Warwick Dunn and Mike Allstott and Derek Brooks and all of the great Buccaneers. Name me one Buccaneer not named Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski. I just named three. Current. Antonio Brown, because he used to be a Damn. Steeler. I walked into that one. Yeah, come on now, Vic. You got to do a little bit better than that. <sighs> well, finish your diatribe. And, and I also wanted to say, because I know this is near and dear to your heart, the weekend's halftime celebration did not deserve all the hate that it's getting. I sort of enjoyed it. I don't know if it was Super Bowl worthy, but I thought it was good. And uh, fun little side note, the guy that dresses me, you know, my fashionista friend that sends me all of these wonderful clothes actually showed me the red sequin jacket that the weekend wore at the Super Bowl, pitched it to me for WrestleMania, and I declined. So Why'd I'm just you saying, decline? Because I went, I don't like it. I'm not into the red as, as it was. So get weekend. another color. Vic, don't concern yourself with what I'm going to wear. Well, then why would you bring it up to me? Because I was just saying that I had the opportunity to do it better than the weekend. Well, I'm going to ask you for fashion advice here later on in the show. Okay. Ironically, but I want to talk about the Super Bowl. The game sucked. The halftime show sucked and the commercials sucked. Sunday sucked. Wow. Vic Joseph playing the role of internet wrestling Twitter. It was bad. Was the game fun to watch? No, it wasn't. I enjoyed it. Oh, the commercials were not very good. Who watches the Super Bowl for the commercials? Are you kidding me? 
a majority of people watched for the commercials. Well, that's why I don't get along with a majority of people. The commercials were not very good this year. There were two that stood out. You're not going to know what I'm talking about because you didn't watch for the commercials. Go for it. The Doritos 3D with Matthew McConaughey and the Wayne's World commercial. I couldn't even tell you what Wayne's World was trying to promote because it was just Wayne's World and I thought it was funny. Everything else was was terrible. I laughed out loud. Uber Eats. Thank you, Alex. I laughed out loud when the uh, Bud Light night was pushed over the cliff. That was quite So you did watch the commercials. Yeah, Vic, they were on the television. So you were in the commercials. No, I was watching Ah. them passively as I had you know, food to eat. And I had my children to take care of and entertain. And uh, yeah, I, I saw it. it. It was fine. I don't understand. The commercials weren't very good. They were okay. not, they were not the best. All right. I great. think well, Top Gun two was in the commercials of last year, which is the greatest Super Bowl commercial of all time. It's also going to be the greatest movie of all time. Listen, we have more important things to talk about before we all get right. to Carlito. We're going to talk about what is on the tips of the collective tongue of the WWE universe. And it's that we all expected answers this week and we got none. Of course, I'm talking about Edge, winner of the 2021 Men's Royal Rumble match, and Bianca Belair, the Women's Royal Rumble match winner. Neither has made their WrestleMania choice just yet, but they were all over all things WWE this week. What is your What was your takeaway? I, I thought it was really interesting that no one made a decisive decision. Um, we're As getting closer to an indecisive decision. I don't know what I was trying to say there, but no one made a decisive decision. Thank you very much. I'm just going to continue to use it. Cause I already dug the hole. I might as well jump into it. So when you think about edge and you think about the champions now, obviously drew McIntyre may not be the champion. Once you get to WrestleMania after what we were told is going to happen in elimination chamber, which we're going to talk about Roman reigns is a very intriguing matchup. That's never happened along with Finn Balor, which, intrigues me the most because of my affiliation with NXT. That is what excites me about edges. There's all these different possibilities about guys he's never worked with. And I thought he would jump right into it and be like, this is what I want to do because he's very eager about wanting to win back his championship that he never lost at WrestleMania. As we talked to him last week, Bianca Belair though, again, I thought she would have come out and announced Friday what she was going to do. So I'm very shocked that there's not even a hint to what either of these superstars are going to do come WrestleMania, which is at how many days away? 60? 59? 66? I know what. Don't we get a countdown? Yeah, we do during SmackDown, whenever it shows up on my screen and I go, oh, okay, it's only that many days away. Well, it's how many, it's that many days away and it's coming up fast. Did any potential opportunity uh, excite you more than others? I know you mentioned the Finn Balor interaction, but as far as the fan, Vic, who likes to watch WWE, was there something that stood out to you as like, "Mm, that's the money? When it comes to, you know, Bianca, I would, again, you take a look at the champions. Bianca Asuka never happened in NXT when they were there. I think Bianca Sasha Banks is very compelling for the two superstars that they are. You take a look at Edge, Edge and Drew, and, and Edge said it himself. When Edge was on top, Drew McIntyre was trying to find out who he was. So that intrigues me because I was like, man, that's kind of cool to think. Roman Reigns and Edge, that's a clash of the generations. I don't necessarily want to say Rock Cena or, you know, Hogan Rock, but you get that mesh there. Finn or or Pete Dunne versus, versus Edge. There's just so many different options for Edge that I, I don't think we can go wrong. And I'm excited about every single one of them. But yeah, to your point, I would, I would love Finn or someone from NXT to be in that position. Again, taking on the winner of WrestleMania. They, they all excite me. This is the best time of the year. Yeah, I actually agree. This is this is one that could go any which way. And, and even some of the potential uh, 
outcomes after Elimination Chamber, as we found out Monday night on Raw, five former world champions and Drew McIntyre. Uh, all in one matchup, someone's going to emerge with the WWE Championship. But what if it's AJ Styles? Uh, give me AJ Styles and Edge at WrestleMania. Sign me up. Give, you know, give me. There's so many potential Jeff Hardy and Edge just because of the old classic rivalry. Renew it one more time on the Sign grand stage. It can go so many different ways. Lots of options, and that is a good problem to have. On the female side of things, the prospect of Bianca and Asuka to me is exciting. I know it, it seems more obvious that you're going to do Sasha and Bianca, which I'm sure would be a stellar match. We talked about it last week. I think Sasha's just functioning on a whole new stratosphere as far as in-ring goes. But Asuka and Bianca really, really intrigues me. Just interesting styles. Asuka, with, you know, one of the most dominant women we've seen in the last decade. Uh, but I miss that Asuka. I miss NXT Asuka because I got to call her rise to to. Glory, so to speak, mm-hmm. the, the undefeated streak for the most part. Uh, she was terrifying. I used to talk about it on commentary and I would make jokes about how Asuka scared me, but I wasn't fully joking. She was just, she had this aura, this magic about her that was like, oh man, you heard her music. Someone's about to get beat up. And it was really cool. And over the past several years, and, and it sucks that I'm saying this as Raw Women's Champion, I don't mean to diminish that accomplishment. I'm just saying, I think this is an opportunity for the Empress of Tomorrow to sort of recapture that dominance, that persona that inspired fear as opposed to, uh, oh yeah, she, she has good matches. She likes to dance. Yeah. It's funny when she screams in Japanese, I want that woman who, who terrifies people. And, and what you're talking about and thinking about, as you were stating it, you knew when Oscar was stepping into the ring in NXT Someone was about to get their ass kicked. Sure. <laughs> I mean, just to be just to be blunt. And now yeah. you're kind of like, oh, well, what's going to happen? I mean, you genuinely knew. Wow, we're going to be in for a fight. Precision kicks, Japanese strong stuff. The list will will go on with Asuka. So that prospect is good. But now I think about the current NXT champion, and and I feel bad for not mentioning this myself last week or having to think about it just now, Io Shirai. Io Shirai not operating on the same level in NXT as Asuka is or was at the time, but Io Shirai is still terrifying for what she can do, for what she has done 2020, and what is she doing now in, in 2021? What about Bianca and Io Shirai at WrestleMania? Probably far-fetched, but Bianca can come back, quote-unquote, home to NXT for some unfinished business as well. I, the, the prospects are all over the place. I, I think it's an amazing time. I completely agree with you. Either way, we're going to have uh, a couple killer matchups. We're going to take over uh, Raymond James Stadium two nights, and I think we have the uh, ability to do it better than the NFL did it. But I want to talk about his Elimination Chamber because when the Elimination Chamber gets announced as I think those watching it, it's kind of like, oh, they're just trying to get to WrestleMania. Oh, it's just a match they're putting together. Elimination Chamber, to me, is one of the most fascinating matches that we as a company have. And on the road to WrestleMania, this being the three-month span that's fun, as we always talk about, and, and the highlight for us every year getting ramped up for what is WrestleMania, all joking aside, I go back to just before WrestleMania 26. And in that matchup, the Undertaker looked like he was about to win the world title. And instead, Shawn Michaels came from underneath the chamber, super kicked the Undertaker, and then went on to have 
what was to be the final match of Shawn Michaels career at the time. So the elimination chamber event really isn't just quote unquote, a bridge, which a lot of people say on social media, it is another springboard that shoots WrestleMania into the next stratosphere. I'm going to remind you of something that happened even more recently inside the elimination chamber. And it was the rise of Kofi mania. Kofi mania really took hold at the elimination chamber and it led to a world championship match at WrestleMania, which we all remember as one of the most feel good moments of the last probably 25 years in this business. And that all stemmed from the elimination chamber. So as much as we are all focusing on WrestleMania, looking forward to the bright lights and the pirate ship in the end zone, uh, there's still a lot of twists and turns that could be had between now and then. A lot of twists, a lot of turns in that's part of what's fun on the road to WrestleMania because all year there's just so much negativity from fans. And even I might not like something, you may not like something, someone in the company, but this is the time where I still get surprised and I still get shocked. And the little kid in me still pops out at time. And I can't think about WrestleMania 33 and everyone was just like, Oh my God, at all the moments that were created that night and what happens every single year. This to me is the best time for me personally as a wrestling fan, because I am hanging on every single word from edge from Bianca Belair, from Roman Reigns, from Drew McIntyre, from elimination chamber. And the list goes on. Let me ask you something else we're going to be seeing between now and WrestleMania. And that is going to be apparently uh, the continuation of the Kevin Owens, Roman Reigns story uh, on Friday night, SmackDown. I was shocked Friday when we saw the reemergence of Kevin Owens. That might go back to, you know, Edge's decision. Maybe some people were hoping Edge was going to say Roman Reigns, then out comes Kevin Owens. What more can you do? Where can you go? What else is there left to prove if you're Roman Reigns? I mean, there is a list of guys from now until the end of time that could have fit a spot there's just so many superstars on the roster that are just waiting to break through to that next level, to that main event championship level. And, and again, Cesaro, nah, Nakamura, I'm Daniel sure Bryan no, could Daniel Bryan, Daniel Bryan. Sure. And, and Hey, this is, this is the good thing. This is a good problem to have. There are so many options you can have as a fan. You watch this and you go, Oh wow. There is a ton of potential just sitting there, just waiting for someone to pull the trigger. So that's, that's the, the silver lining in all this is I think maybe I'm excited at the prospect of what else could be down the road. Yeah. And this isn't a negative comment towards anyone. You bring up Cesaro and you use the word potential. I use the word untapped potential because we've never seen Cesaro. It's two words. I, I, you know what I mean? It's the a phrase. phrase, you know, whatever, you know, a Roman reigns Cesaro. Wow. Shinsuke. Wow. You know, right. it, it's, it's, it's that untapped man. What could actually happen? Cause we've seen Cesaro. You, you say this, this is your quote. Cesaro could have a great match with a broomstick. Imagine what Cesaro can have with Roman Reigns. Exactly. That's Imagine what, I'm what saying. Shinsuke I, could have with Roman Reigns. I am salivating at the thought of both Baskin of those Robbins. Yeah. Look at all these flavors. Yeah. Did we agree again? I think we did. I think it's kind of defeating the whole purpose of this show. You're supposed to oh. counter my insanity or in this case, intelligence because I am the smartest man alive. Uh, we got a lot more to talk about, particularly how you're going to be spending your Valentine's day, Vic. And this is going to come up with fashion advice. I need from you, Corey. I don't know if I can help, but uh, we're going to take a what deep dive into help? NXT vengeance day when ATB comes back.
ATB's back, Vic and Graves. Graves and Vic. I should probably put my name first because it was my show first, Vic. You just keep trying to leech on to everything that I do. You're the one who just screwed up putting my name first, so why are you blaming me? You're right. That's valid. I screwed up. Mm-hmm. I didn't sleep well last night. We are going to talk to Carlito here in a few moments. Uh, lots to get to. An awesome interview we were able to conduct earlier. Uh, full disclosure, we're going to be totally honest with you here on ATB. I know, shocking, right? Uh, we're recording this on Tuesday. Obviously, NXT airs Wednesday nights on the USA Network. So we're not entirely sure what's happening last night, I guess, when you're listening to this. Uh, but we are just days away from NXT Vengeance Day. Uh, Vic, I mean, you're there ringside. You know better than anyone what is on tap. Let's run through this. Well, before we run through it, I need fashion advice. Why? Why? Because I'm, I got a conundrum. I want to talk about Finn Balor kicking people in the face. And you're asking <sighs> okay, me fashion fine. advice. Okay, fine. You have my it's, number. Just, Text me. Well, no one wants to hear this. All right. Fair enough. Okay. okay well, I do want to talk want? about Finn Balor. No, what did you want? No. No, it's fine. We'll talk. That's cool. We'll just th- th- throw my idea to the, to the side. <sighs> do I wear a pink suit? No. Okay. That means I'm going to wear a pink suit. So Finn Balor and Pete Dunn for the NXT title. As a, as a fan watching this, this is one of those very unique moments for NXT that you have two guys, Finn Balor, who has gone on to do a lot of great things. You have covered every basically everything Finn Balor's ever done. Universal Championship, WrestleMania is his NXT. In the United States, States. You, yes. you, yeah, you've always been there. But it's what's happened outside the United States. Pete Dunne said every time they've been in Europe and all over the world, Pete Dunne always was following Finn. Finn would always leave when Pete would get there. So they've never crossed paths one-on-one. I think that's what excites a wrestling fan for this matchup. It's not necessarily everything going around. It's the fact that finally Pete Dunne is going to face Finn Balor, marquee matchup, NXT championship match, which also will have Edge watching because... We don't know if Edge will have made a decision. Edge could be facing Finn Balor. Edge could be facing Pete Dunn. So one thing Edge has never held is that NXT title. That match to me, and I want to ask you, Corey, because you've sat back and, and you love to watch these unique matches, these clash of styles, so to speak. What are your thoughts on Pete Dunn versus Finn Balor? I am stoked beyond stoked at this point. Um, I've been a Pete Dunn fan since the first time I laid eyes on the guy uh, several years back with the UK. Uh, and there's just something about Pete Dunn to me that a lot of superstars don't have. And it's the eyes, you, you know, as well as I do, you spend enough time around William Regal that that's, that's his favorite thing. You know, it, it comes out your eyes. If you believe it, if you feel it, that's where you can tell if it's real to that person. And, Pete Dunn has that. And I, I've used the, the analogy, Pete Dunn has this same look in his eyes like a, like a pit bull dog that you're not familiar with. Yeah, they might be nice, but they just have that vacant stare where you go, this thing might turn on me at any second. I remember being over in the UK, uh, sitting in a room when all of the NXT UK guys were just first coming through and we were sitting around talking and just getting to know these guys. And something about Pete Dunn always stood out to me. And then he just continues to get better and better and better. And now he finds himself at the top of an NXT takeover card, which in my mind, it's, it's more of a thought of what the hell took so long. But I have no doubt that Dunn and Finn are going to blow people's minds. This might be a, a match of the year candidate. I'm calling it right now, you know, days away from it even happening. Uh, these are two of the best in-ring competitors. We talked to Edge last week about how Finn's just on another level right now. I think this is my favorite Finn Balor I've seen, particularly since his arrival in WWE. Uh, I expect fireworks and nothing less. 
I will quote you on that. And then uh, something else that's happening at uh, Takeover Vengeance Day. Someone near and dear to your heart, the late great WWE Hall of Famer Dusty Rhodes. Of course, and it's the Dusty Classic for the men's, and also for the first time ever, the finals for the Dusty Cup in the women's. Now we don't necessarily know who is in the finals because, as you mentioned, this is being recorded on Tuesday. But I, I think for me personally, I never got to meet. Dusty Rhodes. And you and I have talked about that, that this is someone who I never got to talk to. And you've always, man, he was great. And so it means a lot to me personally to be sitting there along with Wade Barrett, who had a lot, Dusty had some to do with his career. And then someone like Beth Phoenix, who knew Dusty very well. So it's uh, more sentimental, I think, to all three of us to be a part of the Dusty Rhodes classics. Yeah, it's it's awesome. I'm so proud to, to be able to honor the legacy of the American dream uh, the, the impact, I mean, it's been spoken over and over again because truly he has the, the footprint of a giant on this industry. And so many of the boys and girls that we work with every single week got to spend a ton of time. Uh, just what Dusty meant to us, shaping us as people, as characters. Uh, he still missed very badly to this very day, but uh, I, I miss him all the time. Awesome to, to be able to honor him with two tournaments. Uh, and the team that stood out to me thus far out of both men's and women's is the, the mashup of Timothy Thatcher and Tommaso Ciampa. These guys beat the holy hell out of each other so much. So they decide, all right, let's team up. It's cool. I, I am those two guys. I'm a big fan of their style. Thatcher in particular, I've, I've ranted and raved about how cool and different. I think everything he does is, uh, I think the two of them are, are a really, really fun team to watch. And it's, it, it's a great opportunity for everybody. And you take a look at some of those teams in there. And what's fun about the Dusty Rhodes Classic to me is it's those odd pairings. Finn Balor and Samoa Joe won the first ever Dusty mm-hmm. Cup. Mm-hmm. Uh, Riddle and Pete Dunne won recently. Ricochet That's and right. Aleister Black. You know, you don't have to be a cohesive unit, quote unquote, a tag team to go out and win the Dusty Cup and at your name in history. And more so for that, we're going to have the first ever women's Dusty Cup uh, winners, which... And, and I want to talk about that because I, last week I talked about the WWE Women's Tag Team Championships and how I think there is a distinct lack of full-time tag teams, actual cohesive tag teams. It seems like a, it's a bit of a mashup. I think the Dusty Cup is exempt because it is different. It was almost like, like WCW used to do the Battle Bowl. The way I took it was it was all of these competitors who wanted to honor the memory of Dusty Rhodes. So they would form these temporary alliances. And it was more of a, of a separate event as opposed to your week after week, which is what I like. And I don't necessarily want ta- full-time tag teams in the Dusty Cup. I like the the mashups in this instance. That said, once the cup is, is raised and the, the championship opportunity is presented, split them up. I, I don't like these these makeshift tag teams. Well, moving on to another championship. That's it. You're going to move on. You're not going to. You're not going to say anything to about add. my opinion. I, I, I'm looking at it. I just want you to have your opinion. This is your show, and I'm just giving you, your, you know, the opportunity to speak. I I speak on NXT every Wednesday. Do you want me to counter your opinion? No. I want I'm just to trying to. Yes, Graves, you're the smartest man alive. Yes, Graves, you are the smartest man alive. Did that make you feel better? Proceed. Okay. So. The another championship that's online is that North American title, Johnny Gargano, Kushida. This is a different Gar- Johnny Gargano than I think a lot of people are used to. This is him stepping out of his wheelhouse. This is him um, being more of not necessarily himself, but is he operating on a different level to you from what you've normally seen from Johnny Gargano over his career in NXT? 
It is a different Gargano, but I'll tell you who's caught my attention recently is Kushida. Kushida's a guy, he had a great reputation prior to arriving in NXT. I was not fully familiar. I had seen some clips. I'd seen a, a bit of a match here and there. Um, and I knew what he was about and why there was some hype, but I never got to see it firsthand. And in my opinion, in the, the weeks leading up to this coming takeover, this is the most I've seen of Kushida. And I think I get it now better than ever. I, I watch this and I go, oh, here's what the hype was about. Here's why everybody w- was, you know, hailing this guy when he arrived in WWE. I love, I think it's gonna be a great matchup. And I, I gotta go with Kushida this week. Well, I'll go to Kushida's uh, a point. I don't think Kushida knew who Kushida was for a while. Because when you talk to him, he said in about August, and it was part of, and on, on NXT, he honestly said, I finally exhaled. And now I know who I am and what I want to become here. And you've seen but a I different attest, style. I, I can speak to what that feels like. Having been a talent, having been a wrestler in WWE, coming from something with a background, and I had nowhere near the the accolades in my background that Kushida did, but having toured the world on the independence and sort of knowing who I was as a competitor or so I thought, then you come to WWE, which was FCW at the time. And there's definitely a learning curve. There's an adjustment period where you have to figure out, okay, I can still be me, but I have to be me in this environment. And as much as people over the years have said, well, there's no WWE style. And that may be from a maneuver standpoint Mm -hmm. competing in wwe as a talent is different from anywhere else in the world you can ask finn balor finn balor's been very open about it coming from japan um kushida everything he did yeah it got him here but now he has to figure out how to be here so when you finally exhale as he said it's when you it clicks in your brain where you go okay i could still do things my way now I know how to do things my way within the parameters of this world. And it is, it's a growing period. It's an adjustment period. Dare I say everybody, particularly those that have come from the independence, goes through it. And that oftentimes leads to people blossoming. Uh, like, you know, a Sami Zayn or, or Seth Rollins, for example. I watched it happen. Seth Rollins, big, big fish in the independent pond for a long time, came to WWE and struggled for a long time. I mean, I remember when I first got there, he damn near got fired a few times because he just, he was so frustrated and he, and he didn't understand how to make everything work, how to be Seth Rollins inside of the ring and in front of the camera. Once he did, boom, you know, now, now we're dealing with the, the Messiah who thankfully returns Friday night on SmackDown. Can't wait for that. But I understand Kashida's mentality when he says that he finally has been able to exhale. And I think it's going to serve him really well. And he's, he's been on a roll since then. He had his first match at takeover, his first victory on a takeover, now finds himself in a championship matchup. And then the triple threat for the women's title. And we've talked about Io Shirai when it comes to Bianca Belair and maybe a possible choice at WrestleMania. But the two other opponents in this matchup, Tony Storm, who is unlike the, uh, anything we've seen from Tony Storm during her tenure in this company, and also Mercedes Martinez. And I think to use the word exhale again, there was an exhale from her fan base when she returned to NXT. So it's nice to see her in this matchup. For Io Shirai, the genius of the sky, championship on the line. She has been the flag bearer of the women's division. We may argue on this. I take a look at NXT's women's division, say it's the best in the world with the talent that we have, with the talent that we have uh, been able to produce. And they have gone on to do things like Sasha Banks, 
the Bailey's, the Becky Lynch's that have gone on. This is where it all starts in NXT. Io Shirai has been the flag bearer, as I mentioned, pushing this forward. This is a tough test for Io Shirai, and I'm really looking forward to getting there on Sunday. Takeover, Vengeance Day, our Valentine's Day alternative. How about that? Are you going to do something romantic for Wade Barrett? No, man. I just gave him a pie and a Hacksaw Jim Duggan flag last week. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about your pie and how it completely threw you off your game as a (laughs) professional broadcaster. Well, I had you. (laughs) What I could best describe as as just a brain fart. Yeah, it was. You you messed up poor Elise Ashton's name. I know Elise Ashton's name. name. I know you do. But whatever you said on on Wednesday night was some amalgam of not that. It all just got meshed together because when I slid over this pie, my thumb went into it. And then I doubled down on turning the pie so the camera could see it in this apple pie mixture, which is going down my hand. And I didn't know what I was doing. I was like, Elise, uh, and it all just ran together. I humbly apologize. Did you just pass the heat to the apple pie? Yes. Well Thanks done. Call me out on it. Hell, hell of a, hell of a deal. You're, what, you're, you know what the worst part is? He what? didn't even eat the pie. Well, I don't like apple pie. I don't blame them. How do you not like apple pie? It's just not good. There's a lot of better options. We're going to, we're going to shelve this for another day. Yeah. You know why? Because we've got an awesome interview coming up in moments. Uh, Let's get to it. The time has come. We are officially about to welcome the coolest guest ever here on after the bell for the first time ever. Carlito, Carlito, how are you, my friend? I'm doing good, man. How are you guys doing? Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to uh, chop it up with us a little bit. It's been in the area of 10 years since the last time the WWE fans were able to see Carlito on Raw or SmackDown. What a night it was at the Royal Rumble. Start at the beginning. Where the hell have you been? (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, (laughs) first of all, I'm still alive. That's a lot of people. I said, oh my God, Carlito's still alive. Yeah, just because you don't appear on TV doesn't mean you actually die. I don't know why people... (laughs) <laughs> I don't understand that. Uh, yeah, man, I've just been, uh, I guess, I don't know, where have I been? I've been around, I guess, you know, doing uh, the independent scene, just just doing my own thing, man, enjoying, uh, you know, doing a little acting here and there. But other than that, man, I've just, just been laying low this whole time. So what's it been like for you? Obviously, you came up around this business. You have uh, an amazing family with a rich history in sports entertainment. But you really made a name for yourself early on in your career, megastar in WWE, and now you're kind of doing it backwards. You went from the bright lights of WWE, the glitz and the glamour, to touring the world on, on the independent scene, which, as we all know, can be uh, significantly less glamorous. Yeah, you know, uh, you know, you get used to the uh, bingo halls and the high school gyms. But to me, uh, you know, to me, it's, 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 it's still the same, man. My, my goal is to go out there and entertain a crowd. You know, that's what, like they say, we, you know, I don't call myself a wrestler. What we do is we put smiles on faces. As corny as it sounds, that's, that's mainly what we do. Yeah. Bingo halls to the Thunderdome. All of a sudden, you, you know, you turn right around and <laughs> you walk out in, in, inside the Thunderdome. But, you know, to Graves' point, I mean, it was for me not being there and sitting at home and watching the Royal Rumble. And Graves, you, you can contest this. How many times have we heard the, whether it's a Legends Night or a reunion show, hey, here's a list of names we have. And you always saw Carlito's name on the list, even sometimes advertised. And then, oh, there was no Carlito. And then finally you hear the music. He comes out in the Royal Rumble. I mean, it was, it was very cool to see you find finally back uh as corny as this sounds home oh well, yeah exactly no exactly i felt like i was home it was funny now after all these years like 10 plus years to come in the back a lot of stuff has changed but at the same time a lot of stuff is the same and to see especially all the other people backstage you know they're still there from when i was there so that's to me that's crazy and not only that they were there before i was there 
Uh, and just to, just to see them was cool. Just to see a lot of uh, old faces that are still around, you know, the boys, and then meet all the new kids. But not only that, some of these new kids I wasn't even meeting. I just, I'd seen them, you know, other places. But now I'm seeing them, you know, they're all grown up now. You know what I mean? Now they're big stars. So it's, it's crazy to see from where they began to see where they are now. What were some of the most striking differences to you, uh, whether it be backstage or, or just being around everybody again versus 10 years ago? The biggest thing is just just the culture, you know, in, in the back. It's 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 a lot uh a lot tamer, a lot, I think a lot uh healthier in the back, you know what I mean? And it seems like uh the guys are generally happy in the back. So that was that was a good thing to see. Like the the morale is it seems to be up. We talk about the culture. Uh, tell me a little bit more about that. I mean, there's there's stories that are passed down. You read rumors on the internet, you hear about how it used to be the Wild West in the locker room. Uh, and nowadays you see a lot of guys playing video games. Every, obviously, you know, the wellness policies come into play. Um, how did it differ in your eyes being backstage this time? Just um I feel like the 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 guys are smarter now and uh you know they seems like they've been taken care of now. Like the wellness policy is another good idea. Just because, uh, man, we were we were crazier back in those days, man. It's it's it's, and I think I think it's a good thing to have that under control. You know what I mean? Make sure everyone's on the up and up, and everyone's taking care of themselves. You know what I mean? Because, like I said, sometimes we're our own worst enemies. You know, you're talking about the ten years you were removed, coming back and seeing the new faces and things like that. How much has the business evolved in your eyes, being away, watching it from afar, to see what WWE has turned and transitioned into? It's man, well, there, you know, it's just the athleticism. Like the guys are way better athletes than my time. Um, and you know, it's just, it's just a very different product from, you know, but I was thinking about it too. A lot of times I'll see on Instagram, like a lot of my old stuff will pop up and I'll see my kind of cringe. like, Oh my God, we can't, we can't get away with that. You know, these days that's, you know, <laughs> they say the business changed, but also society's changed. Like, you know what I mean? Like wrestling right. is based on stereotypes, but now you do anything stereotypical. Oh my God, look at these guys. You know what I mean? Cancel them. You know what I mean? Like, but wait a minute. You know what I mean? And right. what I don't get is like, you know, some guys are supposed to be offensive. We're supposed to be bad guys. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I'm supposed to make you mad. I'm supposed to offend you. You know what I mean? But all right. right. You know, You're supposed to want to pay money to watch me get beat up. <laughs> right. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. You, you, yeah, exactly. You're supposed to be against the stuff I say sometimes or the things I do. But I don't right. know. It's just, it's just weird, man. Society, you know, it's just, it's a different culture now. Not just the business. Like, you know, like I said, the, right. Everything, right. the culture, you know what I mean? For sure. For sure. What was going through your mind? I, I would imagine, I think it's safe to say, someday you're thinking, oh, I'm going to go back to WWE and that pop when I come out, the crowd's going to go crazy. We're in the Thunderdome. So you got, you got a pop, but it was virtual. Uh, did, did that change anything or were you still caught up in the moment? Uh, no, uh, surprisingly, I didn't think I would be caught up in the moment, but I still was. So that was good. Uh, it's, it's just something weird. You know what I mean? Like, you know, it's new for everybody. He's going out there and no crowd and yeah, you see people but they're flat and it's the monitor. So it's still, right. still kind of not the same. And you know, the sounds are piped in. So it, it was, it's, it's weird, but I, I don't know. I just felt like, I still felt a connection to them. Like, I, you know, even though they're not there, I can still feel like, you know, there's an audience out there. They haven't seen me in so long. And I just want to, you know, I just want to make them happy and entertain them the best I can. Well, you can see those monitors and you talked about the smiles on faces. There were genuine smiles on some of those faces. Like, oh, these, I saw some people with their hands on their head and started <laughs> leaning and rocking back. Like, here comes Carlito. I don't know if you could see that, but we could see it at home um, on the virtual monitors. But yeah, Graves, you bring up a good point, man. I always was excited whenever I heard your music playing, because if I was coming out behind you, I knew I was going to get booed. And I really just want to, I just want to get food anyways. Well, there's, there's no doubt the one thing that everybody was buzzing about regarding Carlito was the amazing physical transformation you've made, obviously, in your time away from WWE. What spawned that? When, when did you kind of wake up and go, all right, I'm, I'm a body guy now? 
Yeah, I don't know whether to be flattered by it or insulted by the way that people are reacting. Like, you know, it's it's what do you call it? It's just so impressive. It's such a change from what it was. I was like, wait a minute now. But you know, like I said, when I when I left WWE, uh, it was you know I was in a dark place, man. I was I weighed like it wasn't even that uh, you know I, I gained so um, so much different now. It's just I'm only twenty pounds heavier than when I you know when I was in my okay peak condition. Oh, wow. I was, but when I left, I was I think 189. I hadn't weighed under 200 since I was like 17 years old. But I mean, as you can see, the hair and just my outfits, everything. I just you know I was at <laughs> a point. I just didn't care about anything. So. Uh, the, the soon as uh you know i think as soon as uh i was released i would say i just it was because i was finally the first time i catch a breather mm-hmm. you know what i mean and just it just didn't have to be nowhere I, you know i didn't have to any responsibilities and then from there on i just started you know I, that was my goal i was like you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna get in the best shape i can like i said people in the indies aren't surprised they see me like this i've been like this for sure for years now. sure yeah, but one of my first things was like all right i'm gonna i'm gonna get myself together i'm gonna wake myself up first thing i do is gonna fix my hair which i did i had to chop off everything and go to beauty salon and whatever. Uh, and then just, yeah, I just said, I'm just going to get in the best shape I can. And, you know, not even for anybody, just for me is what I want. You know what I mean? Just to, I don't know, just to, to feel better about myself, I guess. Oh, well, walk me through that. So here you are, you're in WWE. You're, you're now on your own. You're on the independence. You're, you said you're in a really dark place. What inspired you to kind of turn everything around? And what was it like for the first time in your career at that point, having that time to breathe? Yeah, it was just, it was just great. I just felt like a, a uh, heavy weight was lifted off my shoulders. You know what I mean? And now, you know, I was my own boss. I could, you know, do my own thing. I didn't have to be anywhere I didn't want to be. Uh, I didn't have to work for any promotion I didn't want to. Um, and I could, you know, like I said, I could I could eat right. I could train right. And just, uh, you know, have a lot of time to myself, you know what I mean? To clear my head of stuff. Was there anything that stands out to you looking back now on your on your time away from WWE? Uh, was there something that you picked up or or that you would point to and say, I learned this in this part of my career, as opposed to WWE, because of just how different it is. Um, well, yeah, I mean, everywhere you go, you're going to pick up something different because there's always different styles. You know what I mean? Every country sure. has their own style. And uh, yeah, I was just able to fine tune. I was, yeah, the thing that sucks, I think, is that, because I never went anywhere, you know what I mean? It's outside of WWE, I never went back to any right, right. I was never on TV. And, you know, I was, what, like 30, 31. So, like, the only thing that sucks is, like, is everybody missed my my peak. My prime or whatever was 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 thrown away. Not thrown away, but... Nobody really got to see it, you know, except for a few people. Because, you know, it was, it was the, I felt it was the peak of my mental ability plus my physical ability. You know, because it gets the first stage when you're a rookie, you know, you have the physical ability, it's great, but then your mind right. is not there. Right. And then you get closer to my age now, your mind is that, but the body says, whoa, wait a minute, what's, that's not, <laughs> that's not happening right now. Those are those back in the day. But I was just, it was, yeah, it was just great to be back finally after all this time of having time to myself. Time travel to fun in the 16th century at the Maryland Renaissance Festival. Ten stages, food, pubs, shopping, jousting. Saturday, Sundays, and Labor Day Monday through October 24th. For tickets, visit MarylandRenaissanceFestival.com. Save big on admission through September 12th. Ten years is a long time. And in that ten years from being in WWE to coming back, social media has grown so much oh God, and yeah, superstars uses platforms um to promote themselves obviously because you're not very active on social media you know if you go to, in terms of what you do with uh promoting your own how did you first off what do you think about social media now and, and secondly you were able to do go all over the world really without having to use social media just because you were such a huge star yes yeah, it's, it's like i said I'm just, I'm just old school in that sense uh and i've talked to a lot of people about it they're like oh you know People just want to see you're a normal person. They want to see you do average things. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't, 
I don't want to see my celebrities as normal. You know, I don't want to see Leonardo DiCaprio walking around in his house in his boxer shorts. You know what I mean? I want to see him in, you know, in a tuxedo on a red carpet. You know what I mean? I want to see him on the movie screen. I don't care. You know, for normal stuff, I have my own life. You know what I mean? Or have people around me. I can, they're, 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 uh, celebrities always been kind of the escape for someone. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. You don't. You I don't think anyone's. To... You don't think anyone's sitting at home going, "I wonder how many eggs Carlito's having this morning. I wish he'd show me his breakfast." Uh, apparently there is. There's apparently yeah. There's a big market for that. <laughs> Vic's projecting right now. He, he's stop. very upset. Just please stop. <laughs> <laughs> but they tell me that all the time. Oh, post you doing this or just just a normal view or walk and stroll, whatever. You just doing this normal thing. Like, but I don't know. I'm just. I try to go off of what I would want to see from. You know what I mean? I just. I don't care to be buddy buds with, with my celebrities or anything. You know what I mean? I just, you know what I mean? I, I like to keep that you know, disconnect. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I like that disconnect. You know what I mean? I don't want to be, you know what I mean? Hanging out with or know what, but like I said, what, what so-and-so has for breakfast or whatever, but you know, that's just, I don't know. It's just, it's just me. It's just this whole social media thing is, 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 is weird to me. I, I can honestly say something because Graves kind of called me out for it. There is one thing that I wish you posted more of. What's that? How you keep your hair immaculate? Because I think of Troy Palomalu and I think of Patrick Mahomes. Head and shoulders needs to be calling you for the fact that you got that great head of hair, man. I, I don't know why they haven't made that phone call yet. But again, that's, that's what I want to see your daily routine of combing your hair and how you have to go in to get ready for it, whether it's a match or a date, whatever it may be. That's what I wish Carlito put on social media. Yeah, again, I, I don't think that's something you want to see. It's like, <laughs> like, I don't have it near me, but it's it's at night putting on this like uh, shower cap kind of thing to keep my hair. <laughs> protected then it's like putting a some kind of mask a hair mask i didn't know what that was but you put a hair mask on then you gotta leave that for like half an hour then shampoo then go out and put it like a leave-in spray i don't know it's just the whole it's a whole i'm in on it i'm like telling you right now i am in <laughs> on it you see this hair right here i mean i know you can see the zoom but everyone else can't this isn't much man i don't have i don't wear a beanie like graves he can pull off any look me i only can pull off the corporate look which doesn't really suit me very oh, well. i thought you were going for eddie munster <laughs> jesus graves <laughs> Anyway, that just ruined my whole flow, Eddie Munson. Good, good, because I have questions that he might actually want to answer. Okay, fair uh, <laughs> All right, Carlito, I want to talk to you. On Friday Night SmackDown for the past few months, we talked about Roman Reigns and, and the Anawaii family, the bloodline and the history in our business for that family. You yourself come from the legendary Cologne family. Uh, your father, Carlos, in the WWE Hall of Fame. Your brother, Primo, and cousin, Epico, WWE superstars for a long time. Talk to me a little bit about your family's legacy in this business and what it means to you. Well, I think uh, the main legacy is just the uh, my dad's promotion in Puerto Rico. It was, you know, because it was back in the, you know, guys have been going there since, uh, I'd say the mid-70s, something, you know, so it was, it was another place for a lot of guys to come through and get, you know, get some training in, get uh, work a different style. Of course, you, you, I'm sure you've heard the old, all the wild stories of the fans Oh yeah, it, it's it's legendary. The Puerto Rican fans and and I, I, JBL is my favorite to tell, who tells stories from. He's been you know in Puerto Rico many many times and he has the best stories about his time down there. But a lot of guys have. Who who are some of the guys who came through your father's promotions doors while you were young? You were coming up that that maybe Bro, influenced you. Name name one. I'll tell you the yeah. world. I mean Ric Flair, Hulk Hogan, Macho Man, uh, Abdullah Butcher. Uh, who else? Just everybody. I mean Kane, a young Kane. Who else? Um, yeah, all these guys before, you know, pretty much everybody came through, you know what I mean? And uh, yeah, if you, if you like JBL stories, you should hear uh, The Nature Boy. He'll, he'll tell you a, good, a couple of good stories of Puerto Rico. I'll have to ask him for sure. Next, <laughs> next time we run into each other at the, in, the, in the hotel bar, I'm sure Nature has plenty of uh, oh, plenty sure. horrid yeah. tales of the island. <laughs> <laughs> when, you were, when you were growing up, was it sort of a foregone conclusion? You were just going to follow in your, in your dad's footsteps or was it something that you kind of had to be steered into? Yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. I think I, I had no choice but to become a wrestler because, uh, yeah. like I said, every I've never had a job outside of wrestling. 
my first jobs were working for my dad. I started um, in the canteen, like selling sodas and stuff. Then I was a beer hawker. Then I worked the hard camp for, for a little bit. And then from there, I just, I realized I, was, I like this about the same size as the rest of us. I was like, wait a minute, I guess I think I could do this. So I, I you know, I took a stab at it and it worked a little bit uh, for a while. I trained, I think I trained for about three weeks, maybe. And then I was just thrown into the ring and that was how, kind of how I learned how to wrestle. Just figure it out. Just go in there, yeah, 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 figure it out. Yeah, yeah. You're on your own. We figure it out. That's wild. I actually, I grew up in Pittsburgh and we actually had on one of the local uh, broadcast channels. It was late at night. We would get, uh, get WWC. WWC, yeah. It might've been, uh, was it World Wrestling? Yeah, I think it was WC or before it was uh, Capital Sports. Something like that. I think it was yeah, Capital we Sports see- Motion. There were a couple of them. I I remember seeing a a very young Carly Cologne at the time. I didn't realize bald headed, uh, bald headed. uh, Yeah. You, you didn't, the hair, the hair was nowhere near what it is now. And you were, you were (laughs) definitely a kid. You might've been a teenager at that point, to be honest with you. But I I remember looking back and seeing, and then going, Oh, this guy showed up in WWE. I I knew who you were then. Um, But when we were talking in the locker room, the day of the Royal Rumble, you were telling me uh, Primo and Epico who are no longer with the company have sort of turned their focus on your father's promotion. Yeah, they're, they're trying to, uh, you know, with the pandemic and everything, they're trying to get it back going again. Uh, so they did, yeah, they're trying to do some tape shows, kind of trying to find like a little Puerto Rican Thunderdome, I guess, of their own okay. to use <laughs> and, uh, you know, see see where it goes from there. But they've always had that more of that side of the promote, you know, they've always liked that side of the business. I mean, I've always stayed away from it. I think that's why my hair hasn't gone as gray yet, because, you know, just dealing with uh, the boys is, is something else. What brought you back? Well, going back, man, I just, I just didn't like the way things ended. You know what I mean? Uh, I didn't expect to take 10, 10 years to get back, but I just wanted to, at least if I came back one time, I just wanted to uh, leave a better taste in someone's mouth. You know what I mean? And just uh, like, you know, feel like there's the, the, what do you call it? Like the, you know, bury the hatchet or whatever. Just like, you know, just everything is, is on the, on the up and up and, uh, you know, just happy to be back and happy to be around. And if that was my last time, you know, it was just, I was just glad to, uh, you know, finally get a chance to come back and just, you know, and things on better terms. Sure, sure. You know, you talk about Primo and Epico and what's going on down in Puerto Rico and in your time back with the WWE. Have you get any thought on, you know, maybe helping the younger generation, whether it's going down to NXT, whether it's going back to Raw and SmackDown and being able to help produce or train or teach some of these younger superstars? Yeah, you know, I've always liked, you know, helping out the younger guys. And, uh, well, now that I'm one of the older guys, you know, uh, I like helping out the uh, the younger kids and just, you know, because I just I just want the business to do better as a whole. And, uh, you know, any part that I can do, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm glad to help out any way I can. What's something that stands out to you uh, that you would like to to change or influence um, from your perspective? I just think uh, the, the the representation of Latinos in, in the wrestling, uh, you know, on a worldwide level, you know, and I think I could help out, you know, because some of these guys are great talents, but, you know, they can't get across because they can't speak English that well. I think I would be a good, you know, voice, you know, I'm sure I could pretty much get anybody mad at me easily. And I, but also I think I could, <laughs> in multiple you know, languages, could, <laughs> exactly. Multiple languages. Uh, you know, that's, I think that's one of the things I'd really like to focus on is just doing that. Cause there's so much Latin talent and culture out there that people don't know about that. I would like to, you know, let people get exposed to. And is that something that you, you, you bring that up? Is that something that Carlito would have said 10 years ago, or is that something that has come with time? And as you've said, with age and maturity, yeah, Carlito from, uh, I don't even recognize Carlito from 10 years ago. That was, a, that was a different cat, man. That was a wild dude. Tell me a little bit more about that. I mean, we, we've kind of danced around it and, and we've all heard stories and rumors. And the, the floor is yours. How have you changed? What What is different 
at your core versus the guy 10 years ago that you don't recognize anymore? Um, I, I just, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm more mature now and I don't have a, I'm actually very zen, very zen right now. I, I don't have a chip on my shoulder. The, very uh, zen? Yeah, very zen right now. I'm not mad at, I don't, I'm not mad at anyone. I don't have hate for anybody. They ask me this all the time. Who, who would you spit an apple in? I was like, really? I have nobody that want to spit an apple, you know, in their face. You know what I mean? <laughs> Unless I get paid for it, then that's fine. But like, you know, I have no, uh, you know, I have no issues like that. And, uh, yeah, I just remember just being angry at the world, man. Just, I don't know, just kind of being angry all the time and not being able to pinpoint where this anger was coming from. Sure. Like it's just a general weight. What, how did you break through that? Was there something that happened? Was there a, a, an epiphany you had or something you had to work through? Something that you do day to day? It was something I had to, I had to, uh, uh, get, you know, work through, you know what I mean? Uh, like I said, getting, getting released from WWE was probably one of the, uh, the best things that happened to me at that time, you know what I mean? Cause it's really what I needed. And I, I had asked for my release about three times and I just felt, you know, I never got it. I just felt like I was, I guess, uh, I don't know, just a prisoner, but it's, it, you know, it wasn't just, it wasn't WWE. It was just, it was what was going on, you know, at my family time, uh, you know, just on the road, just in my head, uh, you know, so back in the day, I used to think it, was, think it was WWE, but it was really, I think it was just on me. It was just that stuff that I need to, sure. to work on. And I just, sure. that's why that, I needed that. I needed that time away. Yeah, that's, like that's I, said, a, I don't know if I needed ten years, but I needed time away. Yeah, that, that's that's the human condition, man. You know, you project yeah. your own problems on on everybody else, and then you know, once you get yourself straightened out, then it's amazing how how zen the world can be. Exactly. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, exactly. Now that you're back, are you back officially in any capacity yet? Or are you still kind of toying around? Uh, is what's the likelihood we see more Carlito in the near future? Yeah, uh, as of now, I don't know. Uh, we'll see what what the future holds. Um, as of now, like I wish I could, you know, I'm not. Uh, I don't know. Like I, I, you know, I'd like to if the the conditions are right. I'd love to, you know, I'd love to be back. And I mean, that was my always my whole goal was to to go away, take a breather, and come back. You know, so many guys talk to them and they're like, I want to come back, and there's six things they want to accomplish, or there's one big thing left they want to accomplish. You seem to steal your own words, Zen. You know, pretty calm, cool, and collected with what you want to do. Is there anything on a bucket list to come back, or is it really just to spread the message that you were talking about? Well, no, I haven't gone that far either with spreading of Zen messages and stuff. Um, <laughs> no, I just, uh, I feel like uh, I already kind of did what I wanted to do. And like I said, just uh, end things on a better note. You know what I mean? And if I came back, my, my goal is just to be a better Carlito, I guess. You know what I mean? Just, uh, you know, just uh, be a better performer in my own way and just uh, be a better person too. I got to ask because uh, it was my own little fantasy booking I was thinking about this morning when I knew I was going to talk to you. What are the odds? Throwing it out in the universe, some way, someday, you see the Anawa'i clan versus the Cologne family in a WWE ring in some capacity. Battle of, like, the two families. That'd be awesome, because our, our families go way back. Ours, them, the Fatus, like, uh, you know, us all island boys, we've always, you know, we've always been looked out for each other and stuff. But I think it'd be great, you know, if we, if we need to go to war, too, that, that would be, that'd be fun. But, uh, you know, the only thing is that, that Roman Reigns, I've only met him, like, once or twice. I think, and he's a lot bigger than I thought he was. So I'm, I'm <laughs> trying to find, we gotta, we gotta find a bigger cologne. Yeah. And then <laughs> we should be all right. Well, you talk about Roman Reigns being a little bit bigger now and, and what the future could hold. I want to go back to last year, very trying year for everyone. 2020. What kept you motivated in 2020? What kept you moving forward in 2020? What kept you from falling back into old habits? Well, luckily, man, I don't have an addictive personality which I thank the Lord for. So I don't, you know, I don't, uh, no matter what doesn't change, you know, 
the way I think. Um, what kept me focused was, you know, I don't know who said it, but it's always a thing of just be ready. Always be ready. So, you know, as first couple of months, the world was paused. I took my couple of weeks, like everybody else, I think, you know, I indulged a little bit too much in drinking. I indulged a little bit in just laying around doing nothing. And then, you know, after a couple of weeks, I said, all right, I've had enough of this. Time to get back on my grind. And, um, you know, I just focused on that, you know what I mean? Just because, you, know, you know, the world's going to start up again at some point. So I don't want to be behind the curve, you know what I mean? I want to be ready. And then on top of that, I was, man, I was just so happy not to be going to an airport, you know what I mean? Not to be sitting on a plane, not to be riding in a car for, for hours. I just enjoyed, like, I never realized it was the first time I'd actually been even, you know, been home and be able to do, you know, it was weird to be home on a Saturday or a Friday. Yeah. Of course, there's nowhere to go, but still, you know, <laughs> you're home on a Friday. Yeah, but you're still home. You're still on your own bed, sitting on your own couch, watching your own TV. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, yeah, I enjoyed it. And then I remember when I started working again, I just remember that first uh, trip to the airport. I was like, oh, not this again, but all right, that's what we do. You know, and you get over it, but it was, it was just good to take a, another breather. Yeah, you can get too comfortable. It works both ways. I actually had travel issues last Monday for the first time in over a year. I had a flight got delayed and I had to change my connection. And I was like, I don't miss this at all. Yeah, yeah you get spoiled it, quick. Yeah, very, very quickly. But then at the same point, I was like, you know what? It's the first time this has happened in a year. I'm not going to lose my mind. You know, it, it's once in a blue moon. It's not too bad. Before I let you go, I want to ask, uh, obviously, we, you know, we all hope Carlito's around more frequently. Uh, in the event that the last time you stepped in the ring has happened, uh, what's what's something that Carlito wants the WWE universe to know? Uh, should this be you know, the, the end of the road? Man, I was just I was just humbled by the response that you know from everyone. Not only just from the Rumble, from even from Legends Night when I didn't show up. Just you know all the messages and <laughs> and all the positivity. And even you know I was a little disappointed in Twitter because there was like no negative messages. I was like wait, a minute, come on Twitter, do your thing. This is not you're not being a very effective not like bad you. guy, man. It's <laughs> not like you, yeah. Uh, maybe that I just I just thank them for you know still remembering me uh, and and just uh, you know still enjoying uh, when I come out there. So you know that's that was the main thing that I, I took away from this. And uh, you know, like I said, if it's if it's the end, uh, you know I'm I'm actually in a in a good place and I'm happy with it. Very very cool, man. Well, I'm happy you're in a good place. It's been awesome to have you around these last few weeks. Hopefully, we get a little bit more of it, man. I'm I'm looking forward to uh, catching up in TV Locker, hearing some some Absolutely. stories about the island. <laughs> Thank you guys. I appreciate yeah, it. Because we can't tell those on this show. I know. <laughs> I don't no, want to get no, us all in tell, trouble. Yeah, can't tell a lot of that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Carlito. Thank you for your time, man. Be well. Hopefully, I'll see you soon. All right, man. Thank you guys. Appreciate it, man. Vic, I don't know about you, but personally, I hope Carlito sticks around a little while longer. I think there's plenty of gas left in that tank. I agree. And you know what? I forgot to ask him. I bet you he loves apple pie. Why? Because of the apple. That, that was a low-hanging yes. fruit, Vic. Ha! See, I can do it, too. <laughs> Yeah, dad jokes. These are great. Yeah, no, it's I've not. I've been trying it's, to get dad jokes it's over not since. Great, it's contagious, and you're sucking me down into that mindset. And I need to keep scratching and clawing to not fall into the doldrums of dad joke world. Just enjoy it, let it overcome. You know what I enjoyed? I enjoyed In and Out last week. I think we should do it again. We're not doing it this week, but I had a blast. The a uh, ATB faithful seem to enjoy. So maybe we'll uh, we'll bring that back one of these here days. But uh, last week, we also asked a question of the week, asking our listeners to what their favorite celebrity involvements in WWE have been. I'm still on the Bad Bunny train. <laughs> week after week, let them keep coming out. I think it's awesome. And, and here's why. We talked last week about why I think it's just important that Bad Bunny's here and what it does for business. 
having seen him interact a few times with Damian Priest, I think it just elevates Damian Priest in the eyes of the public. He he's just but Bad Bunny being involved is raising the profile of the Archer of Infamy. I'm here for it. I did not know who, you know, Bad Bunny was in terms of his music and things like how on how huge he was until really starting to dive in once his arrival came to WWE. He performed last year at Super Bowl during the halftime show. I yeah, mean, I mean this, this he's huge. And I mean, I'm not very up to date with things like you know me. I'm not I just like things from Carly Cleveland and Carly Rae Jepsen and sync. So uh, to find out how big of a star he was as you put it wants to be here. And I think that's maybe the most intriguing thing to me is he wants to be here. He loves it. He genuinely has a passion for everything WWE. And you and I have talked about guys that we've worked with that are quote unquote disrespectful, or they just don't get it. He gets it. He wants to be here. He loves this. And for him to give us his time, I think it's amazing. And I think it's fun. I think the segments with Miz and Morrison, they're the perfect foil to Bunny. I, I think everything about it, it shouldn't work. Looking at this, if I'm reading this, if I haven't been watching the program and I'm just reading the, the, the results of you know Royal mm -hmm. Rumble and Raw and SmackDown, I'm going, what the hell does Bad Bunny have to do with WWE? Who is Bad Bunny? Why do I care? But having watched it, I love it. It doesn't feel forced. It doesn't feel hokey. It doesn't feel like we are bending our product to fit somebody from the outside. I feel like he's made a great transition right into our world. He looks natural. Like he enjoys what he's doing and he knows what he's doing. And I have no problem whatsoever. I am very much enjoying bad bunny, but some of the other answers we got were uh, Hugh Jackman. Of course, somebody saying uh, Alex Trebek at WrestleMania seven or RIP uh, the 24 seven champ now Super Bowl winner again, Rob Gronkowski, uh, even my guy, Pat McAfee. We had a great time calling his match against Adam Cole. How much fun Cole. was that? Wow. NXT TakeOver 30, man, what a, what a shock that was. Uh, you and I both looked at each other and, you know, I, I, had I had my um, sugar fall down before or was that after? I think it, no, no, that was, that was during the main card proper that you nearly died on the air. Yeah, so, you know, being able to enjoy that was, that, was that, awesome. That, that's not, no, let's we're going to stop the bringing up things about me. No, we're no, not no, no, bringing up stupid things yes, that I've are. done. Vic, this, it wasn't stupid. Uh, it, was, it was a near-death experience that happened during TakeOver 30 that nobody knew about but you and me. Yeah, well, we don't have to talk about it. You know, yes, we no, have to we're move on the rundown. It. We're running no. out of time. Alex yeah. said, oh, wrap it up, Vic. Okay, well, sorry, Alex, we got to wrap it up. See you next week on ATB. We're not wrapping anything up yet, Vic. I'll oh. move on to the next segment, but this will okay. happen. Oh, man. If you're listening okay. to this, tweet at Vic Joseph, WWE, and this is exactly what I want you to tweet. Quote, WTF happened at takeover 30. I'll talk about it. If you want to talk about it. No, I don't want to talk about it. We missed the opportunity. No, I want let's to talk, talk about what about we're it. doing this week. No, we're talking about another homework assignment for the after the bell listeners. We're going to call it geeking out because sometimes it is fun to sit down in front of your television and take a trip down memory lane, a deep cut, a maybe classic match that doesn't get the love that it should or maybe you just haven't thought about for a while. So that's what we're bringing you this week. It's from the year 2004. The event, No Way Out, WWE Championship match. Brock Lesnar, the Beast Incarnate versus none other than Eddie Guerrero. WWE released it for free on its YouTube channel. So go check it out now if you have to do it that way. It's available on WWE Network. I recommend sitting through the whole card. There's a hell of a Kurt Angle match. A lot of fun stuff on there. 
But man, we all reminisce and romanticize about how great Eddie Guerrero was, which he truly was. One of the all-time greats gone way too soon. But if this match doesn't prove to you why he is so beloved, why he is one of the best ever, and also why everybody who has ever crapped on Brock Lesnar as a competitor could not be more wrong. This is one of Brock Lesnar's best matches ever and one of Eddie Guerrero's best matches, and it's just from pure emotion and storytelling, and man, oh man, it's fun to relive. You know, you go back to uh, Goldberg two weeks ago, I talked about Bobby Heenan and his call there that gets forgotten. How about Michael Cole freaking out when Eddie Guerrero won the championship? You know, it's oh. a, that goosebump moment. And you stole the, the Brock Lesnar thing from, from my own thought. It's because a lot of times people have the negativity about Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar did a phenomenal job there helping Eddie Guerrero not only become a world champion, that sent Eddie Guerrero to the main event of WrestleMania, which then led to a classic matchup, Eddie versus Kurt Angle at WrestleMania 20. So it was just the, the perfect aura. That even ties into what we talk about the Elimination Chamber. What twists, what turns are we going to have on the road to WrestleMania? That certainly was one back in 2004. And it's just one of those, you can't capture that again. You know, there's certain moments in time magic, that man. we get to work that you can never duplicate that. You can't say, stop down. Let's try to do this one more time. It's not going to happen. And, and that's one of those very unique moments. It was one of those classic cases of guy who shouldn't be there getting there. It was almost like a, like Kofi mania before it happened or, or Daniel Bryan in the yes movement. It was Eddie Guerrero for all intents and purposes, this undersized guy who, you know, didn't have a great deal of success in WCW came to WWE and risked his career, risked everything and finally broke on through feel good moment. Check it out wherever uh, you watch YouTube or on the WWE network. And then use the hashtag after the bell to join the conversation. We are geeking out. Whether you uh, have an opinion on the match or you just want to reminisce about how fun it was. I had a geek out moment this week. And what might that have been? I was watching a WrestleMania match, as a matter of fact, between a Hall of Famer and a future Hall of Famer. A marquee matchup that I sat on the couch and I told Mackenzie, you have to watch this match. This match will have everything you need. Sit down and watch it with me. Can I guess what it was? Yes. Jerry Lawler versus Michael Cole. Yes, it was. <laughs> it was so good. Well, how did you know that? Vic, I'm the smartest man alive. Oh, Let's you are. And that. we sat there and we watched it. And to look back on stories we've heard and then to watch that match for us was awesome. And I, I don't know, man, that match to me is so funny. Have you sat and watched it since? No, not since I experienced it firsthand. And I relive it every time Cole reminisces, which is every uh, single week because he is undefeated at WrestleMania. He is undefeated at WrestleMania. <laughs> he is undefeated. And dance contests, rap offs. What was the other thing he's undefeated in? I don't know, Vic. You're, you're you should know that. you're his broadcast partner. Well, I spend enough time around. Very true. But yeah, you we had a geek out moment for that. Okay, good. Well, you can continue to geek out. I got other stuff to do. I have okay. a whole bunch of obligations today. And as much fun as it is hanging out with you every morning, uh, I'm sick of it. It's time to go. So what I'm going to do is wrap things up with a nice, neat little bow by telling you to follow at After the Bell WWE on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. I'm at WWE Graves. He is at Vic Joseph WWE. You're using Apple Podcasts. Hit the subscribe button and throw us five stars, please. If you're on Android, ATB is on Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, and Google Podcasts, so you should never, ever, 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 under any circumstance, miss an episode. 
You can keep up with all your favorite WWE podcasts at WWE Podcasts on all of our social media platforms. We'll be back. I'll be back next week. Oh, maybe one Vic more. Will be back. I hope I'm coming back. What? One more what? You're going to interrupt just my clothes again? No, I just want to make sure I come back at least one more time. I'm going to do the best I can to make sure that doesn't happen. Uh-huh. But I'll be back next week with more wisdom, more vitriol, and more WWE after the bell. You really watched that of your own free will? Yeah, it was great, dude. It was awesome. You're sick. You're sick.